are we starting now? We're starting now. This is the very first time me and EJ are recording in the same room. So God help us all. <laughs> it is it is an event. And you're here <laughs> to witness it. We are actually recording in Blue Ridge, Georgia. We decided to have a riding retreat and do some podcasting and having a lot of fun. This was kind of the nine hour mark for both of us. And uh, I don't know. I think it's been a great time. It's been awesome. It I think it. we both did a lot of revising, a lot of writing, a lot of cutting of words. Lots of cutting of words. And now podcasting. We are reviving Fantasy Girl just just for this episode right now, and I'm really excited. Absolutely. I think we've got a lot of really exciting things percolating in the Bye. podcast world. So we'll keep doing this Fantasy Girls thing, but we're going to be expanding some stuff too. But today, in the spirit of the season, which is one of my favorite seasons, not fall, Halloween, Halloween season. So we are here to talk about zombies. Zombies. I am here for it. I have, I feel all, I agree with you on all the things Halloween, especially zombies. I have a deep love of all things zombies for many years. Actually, we have a Halloween parade where I live. And I was crew captain, and our whole thing was zombie-based. For many years, we had crew of the Cerebrum Snackers, and we had things like Trailer Park Apocalypse, and Just Buried, which was a, uh, <laughs> a wedding-themed zombie. Juicy. Yeah, <laughs> still a little riding on the bone there. Um, and Hook's Revenge, it was a lot of fun. So I have always had a love of zombies, and I was really excited when you wanted to talk about them. Yes, well, I love them too. Have I told you ever about the time I got to do a zombie marketing campaign? I think you mentioned it, but we didn't, like, dive into it. Okay. I'll give you the short version still, but it was just, it was, like, one of the best campaigns I've ever gotten to do, like, not just because it was cool for me personally as a geek, but also just, like, professionally. <laughs> like, it worked out really well. It was for a regional hardware store chain, and they wanted to do something for the Halloween season, and we were just like zombies. So I wasn't even on this team, but they were like, who on this team of 50 individuals would be able to help us with a zombie campaign? And they were like, Emily, obviously. I'm like, oh, <laughs> So I decided to take that as a compliment. Like they knew who I was, definitely, because that was accurate. And uh, we did a little brainstorming, and they also needed some PR help. That's what I did there was public relations, and they were more of, like, an account team. So the point is this. We had to brainstorm a way to put together, like, a zombie apocalypse story that would be campy and lighthearted and not too dark for a marketing campaign, but also be able to generate, like, media attention, which if you have ever tried to do media attention before – you know that you have to have news. Like being entertaining is not how you get in the media. So we had to get really creative with it. And we ended up sending, like we did a whole video thing online. So the zombies arose, people freaked out, obviously. They had to get all of this hardware supplies so they could like board up their houses and protect themselves out in the world and all this stuff. Right, right. But then the zombies started to revolt. <laughs> they were like, hey, take a minute, don't rely on stereotypes. And so, <laughs> so they started this union and they got an advocate. And so what we did for the media, and so like anyway, at the end of this campaign, like 
see there's this whole like second wave for the hardware supplies of like how to like put your arm back on if it's rotted off for example i love this obviously so yeah and so like at the end like zombies and humans have found a way to coexist and now the hardware store is there for everybody but for the pr part of this like it was just me and well i had this team we were brainstorming together but like the pressure was on me to make sure that we did this okay so this is the whole thing i was like this mid-level person and i was like this is my chance so they ended up letting me have the budget to put together like 25 like physical zombie preparedness kits i love this so much i can't believe you got paid to do this this is amazing I know. It was so cool. I went nuts. I worked extra hours. We just went bananas. And um, so anyway, we put together these kits and we sent them to a lot of like regional radio stations for just like general like pop and like alternative radio, just like the lifestyle stuff. We sent it to the bloggers. Uh, if you remember, cause, like she does a lot of like lifestyle stuff, but she also like loves zombies, which was like a random thing about her. So That's we funny. got on the bloggers which was hot at the time. This was many years ago. I don't know if she still does that blog or not, but like also we got on BuzzFeed, all sorts of stuff. And we hired actors to play a zombie preparedness expert and a zombie advocate. And they got interviews all over the region. Wow. It was so good. This was like a huge thing. We did filming on site. We had a whole team of like special effects people who specialized in zombies out in Nebraska, by the way. I don't know what they were doing there, but they were freaking awesome. It was a whole thing. This campaign won so many awards for our industry. Like, I cannot tell you. That is amazing. It was that the is... funnest thing I've ever done. Like, I've done a lot of awesome stuff. I don't want to belittle the other stuff that I've done. But yeah, this thing was wild. I can't believe that it just, it's like this perfect storm for the different parts of your brain. <laughs> and you happened to be in Nebraska when this was happening. And everything had to work. Like, all these gears had to perfectly fit together. Yeah. Do you ever feel like you're on the Truman Show? Like, the world is, like, is that... made for you? Yeah. Like, it was one of those types of moments. It was like, what's that? You need my help with the zombie campaign? That was your seasonal arc. Like, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Well, Anyway. My sister one time, oh, God, in the olden days of the internet. In the internets. So, like, the early 2000s, right? Um, internet 1.0. She got, I don't know, she was talking with this zombie blogging short story group or whatever. You know, like, who knows? The internet has changed. It was different back then. It was much smaller. I feel like an old, but, um, and she entered this contest. She was like, hey, I got to do this zombie photo shoot situation. Um, and for my day job, I do a lot of like makeup. I can do special effects, makeup and hair and that sort of thing. She's like, what are we going to do? And everybody else was being the zombie. And I was like, no, 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 no. You're going to be like, we are going to have so much fun. And so we did this whole rockabilly, like, housewife thing with her with, like, the big bouffant hair, little polka dot dress that was, like, A-line. And she went about and we, she killed zombies with a frying pan. Oh, my God. And, uh, <laughs> and then we had one of her. And she is tiny. And so my little tiny blonde sister with a chainsaw in one hand and an iron skillet in the other hand. And God bless my husband. He was our zombie. And uh, and this is not his bag. This is not what he does. But I was like, all you got to do is lay there, literally. And um, she is so tiny. So, like, at one point we had her, like, standing on the counter, like, with a iron skillet and, like, a chainsaw. And it was pretty epic. I need to dig up those photos. That's amazing. Yeah. It's, like, one of those things where you're, like, 
that's a thing we did like 15 years ago. Wow. (laughs) And it was super cute. So that was before I was a zombie nut like I am now. That might be the thing that started it. Um, Because I always liked like Night of the Living Dead and um, Night of the Living Dead. That was the first one, right? It was shot in black and white and there were slow zombies and... um, I would believe that that was the first one. But that was was Night of the Living Dead, right? And later was, like, Dawn of the Dead, like, kind of the remakes. I think so. You already know more about this than me. I would not be able to tell you the order. Well, we can dive in, and I'll tell you. So, Night of the Living Dead, I don't even have it on my list anywhere, but I feel like if if you're listening to this, you probably already like zombies. If you don't, if you're here for other geeky stuff, and you're like, okay, maybe, that's a really great place to start. There are a lot of papers actually written on it as a social commentary. Like, there's layers to it. Um, And so, you can do a lot of thinking on it. You can dig into it. Or, if you don't want to do that and it's just entertaining, you can do that as well. And it's creepy. It's black and white. It's the slow zombies. The old zombies. Which are easier to defeat, but are creepier for some reason. Maybe not, like, scarier, but creepier. There's a lot of suspense to that. And especially if they're able to be quiet zombies and you yes. don't know that they're sneaking up on you, that's got like a real like Hitchcock vibe to it. The whole driving down the road at night and it's foggy and you see something mm-hmm. shambling down the middle of the road mm-hmm. and then there's always an idiot that like stops and gets out of the car. Like, uh, that's how you start a zombie apocalypse. Like, Rule number know. one, don't get out of the car. Don't ever get out of the car. Ever. Don't go check what the noise is. No. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. But, okay, Okay. so one, I will definitely have to go back and watch, like, I feel like I watched it at one point, but it was probably in college, and I think I was maybe half paying attention because I was with a bunch of doofuses who did not appreciate the zombie. Didn't appreciate, no, I'm sure they appreciate, <laughs> but we were more, we appreciated ourselves a lot more. So we were, of course, like, as you should. Uh, <laughs> so I should do that again, and then I want to go check out all this cool stuff that you're talking about with, like, the layers to it and everything. Yeah, um, I actually... I had remembered something about that, and then just in, like, a whole case of, I don't know, is it serendipity where things just kind of happen, and I'm not sure. But the other day, I saw somebody talking about this, like, really randomly, and I was like, okay. And so, I dug into it, and I I didn't know it way back in the day, like, the first time I watched it. And apparently, it's a a thing. Like, it was a kind of social commentary. That's awesome. Yeah, as, yeah. As all good zombies are. As all good zombies are. Although, speaking of cute zombies. Okay. Cute zombies. Cute zombies. Santa Clarita Diet is one of my <laughs> most favorite things that have happened in recent years. Like, best use of Drew Barrymore to ever occur. She's so freaking adorable, and she really leans into it, and she's become a zombie. And it's just this whole thing. Oh, no. My phone wants me to meditate and wind down for bed. We're not going to do that. We're going to talk about zombies. Uh, but yeah, no, and it's just like she's this. She's somehow become a zombie, and you don't know how this has even happened at the start of the show. It's a Netflix show. Find it on Netflix. And she's just the freaking cutest. And she's like this housewife okay. in the Santa Clarita, California neighborhood. She is a realtor who co-owns this little business with her husband, played by Timothy Oliphant, by the way. And everything about this show, like, they really lean into the gore and camp of zombies. So if you don't like blood and gagging and all that sort of stuff, you may have a problem with it. 
But if you can get around that, the show is so good. It's extremely funny. The zombie stuff is spot on. They do all these other monsters. They have these rival realtors that live down the street from them that are so funny. I swear to God, Nathan Fillion is like a recurring character in it. Okay. He plays a rival realtor who then gets turned into a zombie who then becomes like a detached head in their basement that they have to hide. Like, it's so funny. <laughs> and the best thing about it by far is the way they handle their characters. Drew Barrymore and Timothy Olyphant as a married couple, like they're never pitted against each other like you see in like a sitcom or something right. or in most other things. Like they don't use that as a source for drama. They're always a team. Like, they fight and stuff, because married people do that, but right. they're, they're always a team first. Okay. And it's so refreshing to see. And then their daughter is a teenager, and she's, like, the most, like, she's such a rebel. She's super ballsy. The actress is amazing. Her name, hold on, I wrote this down. Her name is Liv Hansen. I've seen her in other things before, but she was, like, made for this role. And then... The neighbor across the street, they have this whole, like, friends to romance type of thing going on. You never know if they will or they won't, but they just vibe really well. Because right. she's, like, this badass who doesn't care, and she doesn't think. She just acts. And he's this super geeky guy who, like, knows all the answers to this zombie stuff they need because he's he's like us. He just loves zombies. And right. he loves all these other geeky things. And so he's just been, like, into it for years. And so they're really good foils to each other, but they are really sweet to each other. I just, I love everything about it. And these two actors who play those two young characters, and his name is Skylar. Stop it. I got too excited. Skylar Gasardo. And they're so freaking good. Well, you really had good. me at the best use of Drew Barrymore ever, because that is like it's some so big words there, and Look. you are like passionate about it, like you mean it. Like I this isn't throwing, just something you're saying. I am throwing down the gauntlet on this. Dead serious. And also, can I say that it's not weird that the neighbor boy just randomly knows zombie stuff? Because, but since I have kind of this love of zombie movies and zombie books, that's like. A weirdly normal thing for people to know about. Like, you have random people that really appreciate zombies that you can meet. And if you're a person that really appreciates zombies, you can have these conversations just, like, off the cuff. And you would think it would be strange. But it's not because it happens often enough. That, it's like zombies and serial killers. There's, like, two groups of people and that's the two. Like, people aren't having these conversations about the mummy or about even about look, vampires. Look, they should have these conversations about the mummy because that's really important. Well, the movie we'll The Mummy, Mummy. We'll do it another day. <laughs> so, I have a heartfelt zombie, but my zombies aren't cute. The movie is cute. I went into this because I want I, I love dark comedies. And ever since probably Zombieland was the first like zom wait, what do they call it? Zomcoms. The first one I ever saw. Well, no, that would be I guess Shaun of the Dead, way back in the day. Yeah. But I recently, oh, yeah, yeah, and it's on my list for later, but I saw this movie, Little Monsters, and it is actually a zombie movie where the zombies aren't the point. They are a plot device to show this character growth and to push these two people together. It's almost like a rom-com, but they use zombies. So it would be a rom-zom-com. Or a zom rom com, 
And <laughs> no, it was so good. And it's coming out of Australia, I think. Australia or New Zealand, but I think Australia. And it is called Little Monsters. And I want to say it's been out about maybe four years. I should have wrote it down, but I didn't because I'm me. And it's about this guy, Dave. And he, it, it, the whole movie opens and he's like a musician and he's never quite made it. And the whole first sequence of the movie is a montage of him and his then girlfriend just fighting constantly. And like basically he is a real dick. He is not a good person. He is a jerk. He is a man child. Mm. He's very cute. But he is also <laughs> very self-centered. And it's not that he's like evil or does anything bad. He's just like a grown man that is like a 13-year-old. And you just really don't like him in the beginning because of the stuff he does. He moves in with his sister who takes him in because she's like the oldest child and that's what we do. And he is just not grateful. Like she gets pizza and he's like, what, what the hell is this? Because it has vegetables on it. And then his nephew, he lets just play like really violent video games even though he's not supposed to. He tries to use his nephew to get his ex back even though she's terrible. And all this happens for a good part of the movie before you even would know it was a zombie movie. Like, if you went in to watch it, you would think, what kind of, like, you would think, like, it's a rom-com or just, like, a raunch-com or, like, something. Like, it, it's really cute. Then he takes his nephew to kindergarten and meets the kindergarten teacher, and she is just, like, this beautiful woman that's really sweet and has her life together and will protect these kids at all costs, and she does not have time for a man-child. He suddenly decides, I'm not going to be a man-child anymore. But, of course, he is. And he screws up a lot. And he ends up volunteering for the field trip to, like, the petting zoo. And they go. And for some reason, in Australia, at this petting zoo, there is a U.S. government base with zombies nearby. And there is an outbreak. It never fully explains it, but it works because everything else is so good. We're not going to have the zombies on our own soil. Right. So why not Australia? It was completely the U.S. too. And I'm like, oh my God, they see it. Because they were like prepared to shoot all survivors until like the guy saw it was kids later. And he's like, damn it, I can't kill kids again. (laughs) Also, I feel like when in doubt, blame the U.S. government. Basically. And that's what they do. And this guy, the whole movie is he is like really stepping up to try to get it together with this teacher to protect all these kids against all, everybody else is turned into zombies, and they get trapped in this building, and there is this um, TV personality, and it's just one of those really annoying types, like Barney or the Wiggles, and his name is Teddy McGiggles, and it is played by the guy that plays Olaf on uh, <laughs> Frozen, oh. and he's got a puppet. And, like, you think he's, like, the nicest guy, and all the kids love him, and he does all this stuff, and he is horrible. He is horrible. He only does this gig to, like, get with desperate moms, and he gets trapped there with them, and he keeps putting himself several times above the kids and everybody else and only thinks of himself, and he tries to, like, get away in his Teddy McGiggles mobile, but then, of course, he gets eaten by a zombie. And this one has an HEA, so if you want a zombie movie, and it has some gory parts, too, But this is a good intro if you're not ready for, like, if you don't like angst, if you don't like, like, suspense, if you can't do, like, a lot of, like, a zombie just gnawing on somebody's neck. Because, like, it shows that, but it's far away and it's not the point. This is a great intro zombie movie. This is a great, this is a great date night zombie movie. Hmm. If you want to watch, like, if you have 
I don't know, somebody that you don't know if maybe this is their thing or not, and they're like coming over for Halloween to watch a scary movie, but not too scary, and you want to laugh, this is a good one. This is a good one even for like me and my husband. Like, I love horror and scary stuff, and he does not. We could watch this. This would like Venn diagram, like this would merge for us. Oh, yeah. I have nothing on my list like that. Everything I have is super violent. That's good because everything on my list is like that. So, <laughs> this works. I was like, I have nothing just cute. The closest I have to that is iZombie. Oh, yeah. Have you seen that? Yeah. Because, mm-hmm. like, the tone is really lighthearted, but it gets pretty gory. Mm-hmm. And even when it's not being, like, bloody gory, at least once in every episode, when they really hit their rhythm, mm-hmm. there's that really cute, like, meal preps set that they do. <laughs> Where she does something really cutesy with the brains that she's eating in that episode. Because the whole premise of iZombie is that this, like, straight A, class president, all-around perfectionist girl who is on the medical school track goes to the wrong party on the wrong day. She decides to let loose just this once because she's been told she needs to cut, like, she needs to take a break. And she goes to this yacht. She takes the wrong drug I think is what happens mm-hmm. I think she gets an intravenous venous wow that's not working <laughs> intravenous is that right god thank mm-hmm. you okay <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even going to try to repeat it just that and uh, yeah and so she like shoots up with something that's new and blacks out and then it's the first outbreak ever of like a zombie disease where you end up craving brains Anyway, her entire life spirals. She ends up working in a morgue instead of finishing her residency for medical school. And it all kind of goes from there. So the whole thing is, like, she's herself still, but a version that doesn't care as much. And she has to eat brains. And so every episode, they do something really cute with the brains. She puts them on pizzas. She creates these little salads. I think at one point she makes, like, pizza bagels with brains on top like it's it's so bananas so i have questions though okay what happens if she doesn't eat the brains does something bad happen i think she starts to like deteriorate okay if i remember and she, she did try to not she gets the brains from the morgue mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. so this has such vibes um and this isn't on my list but every time somebody mentions this to me it's different enough to where it's different but if you like that the diana Rowland books white trash zombies are very very similar except the main character um becoming a zombie is probably what saves her life because she's lives with her like alcoholic dad and she's used drugs and she's had a hard time like just every time she tries to get her life together something happens and she spirals and then she becomes a zombie and like it's literally not the worst thing that's ever happened to her and it takes (laughs) her a minute to figure it out and she's working at a morgue as well and uh it, it actually fixes things for her yeah it's a total trope like i guess it's really cute but different enough you know yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. but the craziest thing about iZombie it starts in like our normal world where no one knows about zombies and no one's going to believe it anyway so she doesn't tell anybody and tries to keep it all undercover okay eventually and this is actually a really interesting topic during covid times because it's a pandemic it becomes a very widespread disease because it does transfer and people keep getting it and eventually it becomes something that everyone knows about. And so it becomes like this weird like tipping point mid-show between seasons where it goes from being this hush-hush normal world thing to this like alternate 
future world that we're now in as a natural progression of the show where everyone knows about zombies and like the army is coming in to change it to like fix everything they've like walled off all of seattle which is where this takes place because that's was like where it originated from yeah and it's like this whole different thing it's okay. wild and like, have you seen dollhouse I've seen parts of, yes, it's been a while, okay, but yes. Okay, because there's a point you reach in Dollhouse between <clears throat> the second to last and last season mm-hmm. where they just have, like, this this time jump, <laughs> and all of a sudden, you're in, like, a totally different world where everyone knows this was happening, and it's, like, apocalypse times, and the same thing happens in this show. It is wild stuff. And isn't it, like, at least in the beginning when it starts off, it is, like, it's kind of got police procedural vibes. Like, she's yeah. si- she's solving crimes as well. Does that yeah. follow through to the end, or is that... No, not at all. And this is one of my pet peeves. I enjoyed this show a lot, start to finish. Okay. But this show does that. Another show that I really fell in love with as a procedural, mm-hmm. and then veers off the rails and becomes an actual plot episode to episode, is Fringe. Which, oh, yeah. By yeah. the way, have, like, have you seen that show? Because it's... Okay. I binged Fringe. Binged Fringe. Uh, it's been a long time now. Okay. And I'm really bad about holding on to information. Like, I can keep the basics, but I have to dig to, like, remember it unless I just absolutely loved it. Yeah. But I remember, like, yeah. Like, I watched every episode. Yeah. Well, it starts very Monster of the Week, and eventually that it adds up to these are all caused by a common thread. Yeah. And then it becomes about the common thread, which... Makes sense, but I was really, really enjoying the Monster of the Week stuff. Yeah. And I get into that rhythm, and they did it so well. And it's just, I don't like it when a show sells me on one format and then changes it. And I don't even have a problem with where Fringe went. Like, it goes so into, like, bizarro world with, like, multiple dimensions and alternate versions of themselves and all sorts of crazy stuff. There's, like, these two different mad scientists involved. And it's all awesome. It's just not the show I signed up to watch. And you're right. The same thing happened with iZombie. I, it's weird because I remember watching, so first off, I am the easiest person ever with television shows because I think my brain, I'm like, oh, okay, I'm here for it. Okay. Um, I don't remember that. I guess I was just along for the ride. And I was like, okay, yeah. okay. But it's been it's been a minute since I've seen Fringe. But, it, you know, that yeah. show has, like, it's like a cult classic now. A lot of people love that show. Oh, my God. It's so good. And, like, let's be clear. Mm-hmm. I was obsessed with both of these shows. Went on a deep dive start to finish. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I still had that, like, moment of, like, wait a minute. I don't think this that's what you're saying. Same show. I think you're saying that you hate Fringe and you want everybody <laughs> to email you about how you hate Fringe and you're wrong. No, I'm joking. <laughs> that, um, you're right. That's um, it. Anyway, so anyway, more zombies. More zombies. I'm looking at my list, and I really don't know where I want to go next. Okay. So let me tell you where we're going next. Okay. I'm going to do another throwback because okay. it was so You were so <laughs> excited about this. <laughs> I have a lot of zombies that I really like. I really, really love all the gore and the tearing people apart. I don't know what to tell it you. It speaks to you on a spiritual level. <laughs> like, oh, God. But look, have I told you about Planet Terror? No. What? Okay. Look, okay. my last year of college, which was 2007. Okay. Quentin Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez teamed up and did a double feature old school style like you would at a drive-in. It was called Grindhouse. I remember this. 
I remember this. Okay. It was, like, made for me. Okay. So, Quentin Tarantino's movie was not zombies. It was called Death Proof, and it had a cast of these, like, five women. One of them was Rosario Dawson. And they... Okay, well, it starts with Kurt Russell, who is a serial killer who has, like tricked out his car so that he can go for these jewelry rides but his passenger is not protected so like there's not a seat belt or anything so he like kills people by taking them on these like super extreme joy rides so oh. he's fine because his side is tricked out appropriately their side is not and there's nothing they can do about it so he kills this girl mm -hmm. then five of her friends figure out he did it and come for him it goes, it, like, if t Tarantino has always been about revenge stories, and this is such a hardcore revenge story, I'm honestly kind of surprised so, that it hasn't gained traction in recent years because it's so timely. I have a question. Mm -hmm. This is the, is this the one where the girl has a shotgun leg? No, uh, that's the other one that is about zombies. Oh, okay. That's, that's Planet Terror. I just remember, I didn't see the movie because, you know, this was pre-streaming. You had to, like, get the movie. You had to really mm -hmm. want to see it. And uh, I just remember all the promo stuff everywhere, like at Blockbuster, and thinking it was awesome, and the had like a sticker. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, "This is so cool." Yeah. So that was the Robert Rodriguez one. It was some really intense zombies, and yeah, like the whole thing was this girl only had one leg, and so at the start of the sh the movie, she has like a prosthetic. Okay. But then the zombies start coming, and she's like, "Fuck this!" She puts a machine gun on it. That's awesome. And so you have these scenes where she's like doing the like the gray gun shooting thing but it's her leg and she's just getting all of these zombies at once and there's like fire behind her for no reason and then at the end of it I remember they all get like carried away by a helicopter and she's shooting from the helicopter it is again bananas but in like the best way this is also by the way factoid the <laughs> Don't laugh at me. Don't I'm not laugh. laughing at you. I'm <laughs> thoroughly enjoying this, actually, because you... Okay, you don't get excited about a lot. You're a very even-keeled, thoughtful person. You are driven. Your personality, you have a plan, and you get shit done. So, like, you are, like, hyped for this. Stop everything for the zombies. <laughs> it is awesome to see. Okay. Okay. So, factoid about mm -hmm. Grindhouse. Okay. This is the origin of the machete movies. Because really? in between the two double features, okay. they did teasers for fake movies in the old retro style. <laughs> One of what? them was machete. No. It was, yes. And then it was so hilarious that they actually made the movies. Okay. Okay. I got to watch this because this has <laughs> enough titch. Like, it feels like it's. Like, it's got enough plot to be good. It's Tarantino, but it's kitschy. It's fun. Oh, it's so uh, awesome. If something's fun and it's out there, you can really... I will go anywhere with you if you are, are doing crazy stuff, you know, if it's bananas. And I will say this. Death Proof, Tarantino's, mm -hmm. the first one, super serious. Okay. But, uh, yeah. Planet Terror? Planet Terror? Not so much. Is extremely silly. Okay. Like, 
everything in the film is taking itself seriously, but it's clearly not meant to be taken so, seriously. Oh, that's the best. It's so good. So I'm going to take us somewhere completely different. Let's go. Um, and when I was making my list, I was jotting little notes so I would know, like, where these zombies fit for me. And this is, like, the zombie note, the zombie world. My zombie note for this one is that it is the zombie world that I could actually probably survive in. Um, okay. Compared to many where I would like to think I would, and then eventually I'd be like, screw this. I'm living in a treehouse or something. I don't know. Um, and so picture, like... Leave it to Beaver, like the 1950s, like kid, like milkmen and people having paper routes. This is already a world I cannot survive in. With zombies. And <laughs> one day, and look, this came out in 07, and that's when I saw it, and it's been a minute, and it stuck with me, but I, I remember the good parts. That's what I'm good at. I forget the bad parts. So I'm hoping it's as good as I think it is. Um, In my head it is. But basically... Space dust came down from outer space, and it made our dead rise again. But no worries, because Big Tech had us. Zomcom was born, and it figured out a way to not only defeat the zombies, but to profit from them. Oh, God. Capitalism. Oh, God. Of course. <laughs> and they domesticate the zombies with the use of the zombie collar. And you, for a low price, you can get yourself a zombie. And it can be your butler, your friend, your pet, <laughs> um, as long as it's you know, its collar doesn't malfunction. And this, I have to say, this is very much a dark comedy, and it's really hilarious. Like, some of the stuff, like, at the school, the kids, like, they have shooting class to practice shooting zombies, but they act like it's, like, real leave it to beaver. Like, it's not weird. It's just what we do. And it's Endorsed. not weird that the other sort side of the fence is zombies trying to, like, get in, like, real zombies, not domesticated. I'm still going to go shopping and get my hair done and... It's just like nobody acknowledges how bizarre this is. And so the whole story, it has different spoofs within it, which is a thing I really love. I love layers like that. And you have this woman, and her husband never wants a zombie because he has this very traumatic history of his dad turned into a zombie and tried to eat him. So he's like, eh, no thank you. But, sure. you know, this is like having a rainbow vacuum cleaner. It is like the status symbol for these this type of housewife in this movie. And... She wants a zombie because everybody else has them and she should have one too. So she gets one. And her son is a little nerdy. He's young. He doesn't have a lot of friends. His name is Timmy because, of course, it is. And he names the zombie Fido. And okay. Fido becomes his friend. And the thing is, if your zombie messes up and kills somebody, they they get rid of the zombie. Well, zomb his, his collar messes up one day, even though he likes Timmy. And he, like, eats the neighbor. And Timmy freaks out because that's his friend. So he fixes the collar and he... He hides it. And things spiral from then. And, like, I don't oh, remember everything except it's just, like, a, it's a boy and his dog type movie, but it's a boy and his zombie. Like, there's one scene where Timmy is getting bullied, and Fido runs home, and he's trying to tell his mom, and it's the whole spoof on, what, Timmy has fallen in the well? Yeah. Like, except, Classy. yeah, it is completely that. And that is... The whole movie. And the only thing that really sticks out about the ending is, um, and I could be getting this wrong, but I don't think I am. It's if you, when you die, if you don't want to become a zombie, you have to pay a lot of money for this special like burial where they basically just cut off your head. And that ensures you won't be a zombie and won't be like, because apparently that's like the biggest embarrassment. You come back and you're the zombie. And I just remember the wife, um, 
I think her name was Helen, talking to her husband, Bill, and who is very anti-zombie. And her and Timmy are like, Bill, we're going zombie when we die. And like taking a stand. And it was like this big thing. I like that. It's almost like being an organ donor because if they're able to control the zombies like that, you're yeah. like taking something away from greater society if you don't. But it's not philanthropic because it would be like Amazon controlling the zombies. Oh, so you're helping People are profiting. Yeah, like they own all the zombies. Like it benefits yeah, them. That I couldn't do. It's, it's really mm-hmm. interesting mm-hmm. and I'm sure there's something there because I just watched it purely as a like dark comedy. But there might be some some commentary. I don't know. I might have to do a rewatch. I'm going to have to watch this. I think you would enjoy it because it's very, very tongue-in-cheek. It does not take itself, per- like, seriously. It's snarky. It's It's been a minute, but I'm pretty sure it's, it's pretty violent. You really can't have a zombie movie and not be violent. Like, I, I don't know how you would do that because if you cut away every time, then, like, what are you doing during those scenes? Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, that's the whole genre. What do you have up next? Okay. I'm going to take a pivot into some books instead of okay screen stuff. Gotcha. First of all, Dread Nation, Justina Ireland. Yeah, we've talked about this book before. It's a really good book. I'm sure we have because, yeah. yeah, I loved it. I love this book. I need to get to uh, the rest of the series. But, yeah, so... I don't usually like historical fantasy, mm-hmm. but this one is so freaking good. It's about a society where after the Civil War is over, or no, it's in the middle of the Civil War. Okay. Zombies start to rise, and it like influences the outcome of the Civil War. I've got nothing more to follow up on that. But after that, uh, this like class thing continues to persist, of course, as it does in real life. It's all assembled, but... Um, but yeah, so like all of these black women are put into these training programs where they become the guardians to take down the zombies. And then they go into these society homes and become the guardians for these homes and these ladies of the homes oh. uh, to make sure that the zombies don't attack them. Okay. But then they're the only ones who know how to defend anyone from zombies, too. So they're the most powerful, but they don't have the power. Exactly. The whole thing. Exactly. Okay. Uh, but, so yeah, you go through all these different dynamics. It's all for, told through the point of view of a teenage girl who is in one of these training programs. Like okay. Like a really prestigious one in Baltimore. And this character is so marvelous, first of all. She's just really spunky. She can't be told what to do because she gets emotional in the moment and just gets impulsive. But she's also just like really stellar at her craft. Like she's like the best zombie killer. Right, she's a badass. Yeah, and um, I gotta say, like the voice in this book really walks the fine line in such a masterful way between young adult, in a way that will resonate now, and sounding authentically historical. Gotcha. It's really impressive, and that's difficult to do. Yeah, and then it's a zombie book on top of that. It is a zombie book. It is good. It's a I history remember. book, mm-hmm. and then like yeah, she gets like taken out west where it's a whole different ball game in terms of defending from the zombies because they don't have their like stuff up yet. Anyway, it is a stellar novel with a stellar zombie premise. Another shout out for Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. A similar, you know, a similar sort of like literary zombies and symbols sort of thing going on. Did you ever watch the movie? I never watched the movie. I saw, I read the book and okay. then I know that Matt Smith, who was like, Doctor Who's 11th Doctor, yeah. so I really wanted to see it, but 
I never did. Okay, I did the opposite. I okay. never got to the book, but I watched the film. Okay. Worth it. Is it? Okay. Well, I know it is. Like, I and, love him, so. And I signed up for that movie, like, instantly based on my experience with Abraham Lincoln Vampire Slayer. Okay. Also, so worth it. Wait, you saw the movie or read the book? I saw the movie. I read the book. I have the book. I'm oh going to send God, it to you. Okay. okay. <laughs> it's so fun. We are so opposite on this. <laughs> <laughs> we do stuff. And then the third one is kind of going in a different pivot, but I also just have to mention The Girl with All the Gifts. It's a very unique take. Oh, did You have the book? No, I have the movie on I'm my no list, way. so we're opposite. <laughs> but I have the book, too. I think I read it on your recommendation. It's so good. It's really There's good. nothing like that out there, I don't no, think. No, it's really fresh. The way that it's like they've taken in all of these children uh-huh. who, like, I don't know, have become zombified, but function normally despite this. Right. And so they keep them all in cages like animals, but then they put them in school during the day. And it's from the point of view of the girl. Yes. And the best thing is like they do all this stuff to try to keep them from reacting. And I don't want to give anything away because there's a reason these children are in cages and they're like this. They're not full on biters, um, which is, I think what they call them. Do they call them biters? They call them something. But like. They're, they're trying to teach them and see if they can learn, and they're in a normal classroom, except they're all, like, tamped down to, like, chairs. Mm. And you're like, what the hell is the government doing to these kids? And then, like, one of them, Stop. like, wipes Stop. off their cologne, like, one of the teachers, to see what happens. And the kids, like, immediately start, like, frothing at the mouth. And their jaws start snapping, and their fingers start twitching. Yeah. And it the main character is this little girl, and she's, like, a genius. And she's like, loves her teacher. And this... My love for this story, it's really weird. Because originally, it was a short story. And I read the short story. And I was like, that was so good. And I think it was in an anthology or something. Mm -hmm. And I forgot about it. Because, you know, it was a short story. And it was, like, before I was writing books. And, Mm -hmm. you know. And then I saw the book. And I was like, that is faintly familiar. And I started reading it. And I was like, why is this so familiar? And the same thing. I was like, this is really good. And then one day, I started watching a movie randomly on Netflix. I was, like, homesick. And I was like, huh. And so I got this, like, triple threat, and, like, I got to tell you, all of it is good. And that usually is not the case. Like, you have that many versions of something out there. But it it is very much worth it, I think. And I had that actually as my, movie-wise, my best book adaptation of a Mm. zombie book. And my second runner-up is tied between World War Z and I Am Legend. And the reason they don't win is because... The book World War Z is really, really good, but it is written as a case study. And the movie plays on that a little bit as much as it can. I mean, you you can't really do a straightforward adaptation from that book. Um, You know what? I would have liked to have seen that. It would have been good. A series of video testimonial interviews. And somebody going around and interviewing and then having like an overarching plot. I've got this vision of like a blank background, like a studio. Mm -hmm. And then like you only see that one person while they tell their story. And then there's like an off camera voice like interviewing them. And then you go through a series of that. So that's uh, by Max Brooks, who is actually Mel Brooks' son. I know. And I'm listening to his audiobook on my drive home tomorrow about Bigfoot. I'm really excited. Devolution, I think. Oh. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. Okay. I'll have to dig more into that. Okay. But also. Okay. Did you see the Mel Brooks, Max Brooks COVID commercials? No. Oh, well, they weren't commercials. They were like internet PSAs that they put out in the room. I live under a rock. 
so okay okay look this was like really early on before mm-hmm. it was maybe as much of a thing as it is now but it was like after lockdown so it gotcha. was like maybe in april 2020 okay it's worth looking up it's super cute okay it's the two of them and mel brooks is like inside a house like with his face pressed up against the glass <laughs> like hi i'm trapped in here i can't go out because of covid and then Max Brooks is like outside, like just like saying hi to his family on the inside because they're keeping their social distance. Like right. They should. Aww. And then like they kind of like have a funny inter- interchange. I don't remember all the details, so watch it. But then like the whole point is like stay away from people you love right now. Right. Especially Vulnerable older people. people. Yeah. And then Mel Brooks is inside. And Protect he's like, Mel Brooks. Yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> I think they actually say that. Yeah. Um, and then, like, Mel Brooks is inside, and he has his face pressed up, and he's like, go home. <laughs> you know what? I I remember that. I was in a fog, like, the first half of COVID, yeah. but I do remember it that. Was super cute. Oh, man. I So, I have that as my second runner-up. Um, I loved the movie, and I loved the book, but I really felt, like, the reason it wasn't the first is because that was basically the only thing it had in common. It, it yeah. tried, like, it would show snippets of different parts of the world. But one thing the book did really good, it was so fun because it dug into it like if it was treating it scientifically. And it dug into it as corporations like Big Pharma and how they tried to, like, capitalize on it by selling a bogus medicine that didn't help and, like, fooling people. And now the guy that did that is holed up in a biodome in Antarctica. But then it had, like, this. Uh, yeah, like, for real. And then it had, like where in America they had cameras going on this house and it was like basically I think Paris Hilton but it was the because that was the time it came out but it doesn't say it was Paris Hilton Mm -hmm. um so it was like playing on pop culture and then you had like these tough people that were like uh and this made so much sense to me I had never thought of this because you know I live in like South Louisiana it's always hot it's a horrible place to be in the zombie apocalypse um, it's always wet. Like, it's, it's just, you're gonna, if you don't get eaten by the zombies and you're out in the woods, you're going to get West Nile. Like, it's just rough. Out in the woods is not the place to be with right? zombies. You want to be, like... You don't want to be in a city either, clearing. though. Yeah. No, you don't want to be in a... Well, supplies-wise, you want to be near a city. You know what I want? I want a series of rope ladder bridges going from tree to tree and just never touch the ground again. Yeah, that's smart. Here's but, you know, in World, War, in World War Z, the book... I think there was situ there one of the stories was like that. Like a person had to climb up in a tree and like fasten and sleep and they woke up and there was a lot of zombies. Um I only remember that from Hunger but Games. What I was gonna say was there was a story in that book and they pointed out and I had never thought about it. It forever changed the way I think about zombies and it was like up north where there's long hard winters is the best place to be because it freezes them and you can go out there and just cut their heads off and when they're frozen that's where i was gonna go next yeah. it's like do you want to be somewhere really like in a frozen area mm-hmm. or do you want to be somewhere like yeah because like i never ever want to live in a like northern environment again but when winter comes it comes comes for the zombies yeah yeah like so like if you can gear up appropriately which is going to be harder to do when the zombie apocalypse arrives but if you have the stuff that's the place to be that's what i'm going to tell my spouse because he is trying to get me to montana that is his dream he wants to live in montana and i'll tell him if there's ever zombies you can go we can go live in billings which is like his dream but i'm i'm i can't do it or if you could like okay you know what i want a zombie movie that is about someone that drives 
or steers or captains. I don't know the right word. A hot air balloon. Look, can zombies swim? So in this book, they cannot swim, but they can walk and float. And so if you're in a boat okay. and you put down an anchor and they're fresh zombies so their arms aren't falling off yet, That's they true. can pull themselves up. That's a huge problem. Because here's the thing, right? Like, strategically, mm-hmm. if water will keep zombies away, you could, like, go to Key West and clear an island. Yeah. Right? Like, a small island. But... Yeah, and then there's, like, the, the Pirates of the Caribbean zombies, which I'd forgotten about. I forgot about those, They're too. undead. So, but they do just fine underwater. They just walk on. I they would don't think need to breathe. you could, yeah. You could do that until you, like, rotted or bloated. But would you be far enough away that they would not be able to smell you and wouldn't think, think to come for you? everything gets washed up on shore eventually. So, okay, so there's this book, and I've talked about it before. It's not on my list because I've talked about it so much, and I haven't read it in, like, 20 years, so I don't know. But it was The Force in Hands and Teeth. And one thing it does very interesting is it starts out as a trilogy because back then everything was a trilogy. And it was the first um, book out, and it's, like, this dystopian society, and you don't know when it takes place. And they don't call them zombies, but they're zombies. And it's this weird society ran by nuns. And there's rope bridges, and there's a fence, and the fence is ancient, and they're forever having to, like, repair it. Okay, and then the second book, I think the main character of that book is, like, the mom, and they're no longer there. They had escaped or gotten kicked out. I don't remember. But the whole thing is they live in this lighthouse, and every morning at dawn, they have to go out and kill the zombies that wash up on the shore. That's a real hassle. And then by the third book, I think the world is, like, overrun by zombies. Like, mm. I don't remember. It was It was pretty dark. It was not a very happy ending but it was good i think it was by carrie ryan i should reread that now and see and my second place runner up was i am legend and this is because in the book which is phenomenal they're not really zombies they're more like vampire zombie mashup Yeah. yeah and the whole plot is different and the whole ending is amazing um so the movie has the title like they have the title in common that's about it so i really love the movie for what it is and I really love the book yeah. for what it is but they're not the same thing they're different yeah what was the title again um I am legend no and, no no oh. what was the the thing you're ranking for oh this is book adaptations oh okay yeah yeah you made me think of it because you I had the girl with all the gifts as my number one and you brought it up so I was like oh I'll slide that right on in there I got one for you okay walking dead yeah that was a graphic novel first it was huh? a graphic novel first yes and let me tell you, I picked up this graphic novel, and I think we've talked about this before, so I'll keep it short. But I picked up this graphic novel thinking I was getting, like, blood and gore and zombies and apocalypse, dismal, dread stuff. Right. And there is a lot of moments where they pause on all of that, and it's, like... Drama. Dramatic. Right? Well, yeah, but it's more, like, it's more than that. Like, in the comic books, it's, like, heartfelt family moments. Oh. And I was like, this is not what I freaking signed up for. <laughs> of course not, EJ Winster. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I getting warm fuzzies? Like, where, where are the zombies again? I want to see some violence. And, um, no, and it took me a while, but I kept reading it because it was so popular. I'd heard from so many people. It was so good. Right. And so I just trusted that a little bit. And I did start to get it after a while. Because mm. it... It kind of takes you from, like, the very worst of humanity to the very best of humanity. You know... And you keep going back and forth with this particular group of people who want to hold on to that best of humanity, but they're stuck in this 
you know, zombie apocalypse world where they have to make really grim choices. So it makes it really interesting. And I finally got there and now I'm into it. That's what all. I get from that is like the theme is something like, okay, what, did, what does it mean to be human? Like, what do you have to hold on to to be human? Yeah. Because it's more than just living. Because if you're just living, you're, you can be an animal yeah. that is just wanting to survive. Um, and then if that's the case, are you any better than, like, the zombies? You know, you have to hold on to the things that make you human. Says the woman that has never read the graphic novel. So I could be really wrong. No, no, no. That's spot on. Okay. Because I did watch way back when I watched a lot of Walking Dead and then I kind of fell off eventually. I feel like everybody kind of fell off eventually. Like when original people were gone and they the show, it went off the rails. I think, became a victim of its own success in a way because it kept running for so long. I can see that. That happens a lot with things, so. Yeah. I didn't watch the show all the way through because we lost the channel when we moved. Right. But I saw some of the most recent uh, series with when we were in like a hotel or something with some family and yeah it was not the same thing anymore so do you have I have a favorite cult classic like the OG zombie movie that I like is Shaun of the Dead That's which is hmm, I like a lot of older zombie movies um this was the first funny zombie movie that I saw mm -hmm. and it made me think about it differently and honestly when I watched it the first time I did not like it because I had no idea what it was we rented it from Blockbuster that's how long ago this was and I thought I didn't know and then like I watched it more and more and then eventually I loved it and now I absolutely love it because mm -hmm. it's like the most mm -hmm. not even average guy it's kind of like a screw up guy and his best friend oh, yeah this is the environment that he thrives in you know, it like, and it's not even that he wants to thrive in it, but like he's protecting his mom. He's trying to get back with his girlfriend. He's trying to hang out with his best friend. And it's like, yeah, I can appreciate that. It's like the stakes are finally high enough for him to snap out of it. Right. And then like he's randomly good in this environment because like really he doesn't have that much to lose, I guess. I mean, besides his he life. He already lost his girlfriend. That seems yeah. to be the only important thing. So, yeah. yeah. But, no, there's so many, like, really very clever moments. And that's another one by, where, by the end, they've got zombies kind of part of society and contributing yes. again. Yeah. Uh, that's the one where he goes to the shed out back to play video games <laughs> with his best friend, who is a zombie. But they're also, like, hauling carts at the grocery store. Oh, no. Yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> Okay. They're doing all sorts of like menial jobs that no one wants to do. Zombies take them over and you know, we've got a better society for it and everyone's happy again. However, okay. I, I struggle with this trope in one way because we talked about this before with the other show you mentioned. Okay. If it takes a zombie apocalypse for you to step up and like get your shit together. Yeah. I don't think it's going to last. Mm, probably not. Mm -hmm. Um... One thing that's interesting that don't is a... Don't marry that guy. No, don't marry that guy. Don't marry anybody in a zombie apocalypse. <laughs> Dear God, and don't get pregnant. Just don't. Just don't get pregnant be alone. Yes. Masturbate. So, <laughs> I mean, there's zombies at your window, though. Like, I don't know. I'm just not... I'm going to be in a corner with a shotgun. But... Everybody's got to do what makes them happy. Look, I, I have suppose. held on to my softball bat and my field hockey <laughs> stick, and I'm ready. So, one thing that's interesting that is a trope in these zombie movies, and it's 
and books, but really in the shows and the movies, is that during the zombie apocalypse, a lot of times, you become this version of who you really are. And so if you were the slacker with a heart of gold, suddenly you're stepping up. Or if you were like a politician that seemed good, maybe you weren't, and now you're horrible. And I don't yeah. think it would go down like that. I don't think we're going to see people's best version of themselves. Oh, no. I think it's going to be more like contagion. Well, and also, God. frankly, like the start of COVID. COVID. Yeah. We're all going to be hoarding the toilet paper, even though there's no reason yet. <laughs> we're going to all be and infighting. And then we're going to cause our own shortage. And then we're all going to be on our own. That's what's going to happen. And we're going to like, people are going to get divided and they're going to mm-hmm. spite each other on purpose. And, and it's going to be a thing. We will, however, still be posting about it and arguing on Facebook. There will be people taking selfies next to the zombie going, see, it's not so bad. You're overreacting. You're overreacting. Let the zombies in. The government created the zombies. They're not really real. The media wants you to think that they're real. I got bit by a zombie five times and I'm okay. <laughs> Maybe stronger. Okay, well, you got to stop. stop. <laughs> you got to stop. It's like that okay. meme. Have you seen that meme? It came out at the beginning of COVID. It's not circulating anymore. And it's like, it was about masks and like people, like you're told to wear a mask and suddenly nobody wants to wear a mask. And oh. it's an old woman and it's like, it's like everybody when they says that rats cause the bubonic plague and it's an old woman licking a rat. <laughs> Let me tell you one of my non-real-life safe saddest things that happened during COVID. Okay. There is a comic book that I really love. Okay. Called Bitch Planet. Oh, yeah. I've heard you talk about this. the whole thing. Right? Um, <laughs> Kelly Subaconic. That was me opening the bourbon. Sorry. We're, we're, yeah, we're really doing it up here in the cabin. Um, so, listen. There was a whole thing in this... The, the whole premise of Bitch Planet, which is definitely something everyone should read, okay. is that these women are sent to this prison planet if they become non-compliant, which oh. is, like, anything that could get you put, in, like, into a category okay. in feminist reasons. Pause. Per- I've per- heard you say Bitch Planet. I had no idea that's what this was. Or I would have, like, been all over this. You would be all over this. I did not know what this was. So, look. Oh, shit. So okay. Like, like, if you cheat on your husband, if your husband cheats on you and blames you for it. Fuck like that. It's got kind of, like, hand Handmaid's Tale, like, undertones of like right. the types of reasons you can get in trouble but then it's like space opera craziness because they get shipped to this prison planet right and you get branded with an nc brand which stands for non-compliant okay so this became like a rallying call for like this feminist cause or anyone who didn't fit like quote the mold in right. whatever way they deems right fitting to them people were getting this as a tattoo I still might at some point. It's on my list. Oh, so, like, people in real life were getting this. In real life. Okay. Because this is what they were branded with for being non-compliant, and so people are like, I'm non-compliant. You know, like, it's like this rebel thing of, like, I'm not going to fit the mold. I'm going to be, you know, like a nasty woman. I'm going to persist, whatever. Yeah, yeah. If you follow that hashtag now, because I started following the hashtag on Instagram, like, in the early days. Right. If you follow it now, okay. you get a lot of people who are being non-compliant about, like, going into Walmart and not wearing a mask. Oh, God. That doesn't surprise me. Those and people not getting the vaccine, sort of saying, so my sad. body, my choice. I'm like, what the hell is happening? Like, you can't. This is not the same thing. No. <laughs> like, oh, my God. Anyway. 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 While we're doing rankings and titles. Okay. Scariest zombies. Okay. 
28 months later. No, 28 weeks later is what it was. Oh, that's a good choice. Yeah. 28 days later is, okay, at the time, I was terrified. But when I went back and watched it, it it's, it's still scary. But I didn't enjoy it as much. I don't know why. Uh, I can't put my finger on it. Um, except like the whole goldfish scene at the very end after end credits is hilarious. I don't remember that. I don't remember a lot about it except there was a guy that they communicated with across the way. And like, I think there's like him making these videos like, and you think he's talking to somebody and it ends up being like his goldfish. Like he's crazy. Um, but I remember watching, I think it's 28 weeks later. It's the same franchise. Yeah, yeah. And for some reason, it's so much scarier when it's at that place where you're starting to get better. And, oh my God, this could, oh, this is like a pandemic situation. I sh- it's freaking me out, man. Oh, um, and you think things are going to be okay, but then one small thing happens and you're back at the beginning and you're trying to survive. So, which makes me think, mm. we say the zombie apocalypse and the zombie pandemic, if that ever happened... We would never have normal again. The best we could hope for would be an endemic state, which means that it's controlled. It's kind of like um, Ebola is. Like, it's controlled, but it's not going away. Like, ever so often in specific yeah. areas, there will be mean, outbreaks, and you, you control You mean like it. a vaccine? Yes. Like, that's uh, – I heard them talking about – well, I'm not going to say anything else about COVID <laughs> right now because I could talk about this forever. We didn't even realize how timely we were being with this. I know. But, right. yeah, if zombies happen, all you can hope for is endemic state. It's never going to go away. Uh, anyway, Because of people. Later, yes. Because of people. Because of people. Yeah, not the zombies, the people. That's the true monster. People be out there licking zombies. It <laughs> just happened. <laughs> 28 Days Later is a really good one that I did not think of. 28 Weeks Later. Weeks. Yeah. Weeks. It's the same, but it's, I guess it was made later, so maybe the effects were a little better or something. Mm. I'm not sure. Anyway, because those zombies were smart and they were fast those were the first those fast were the zombies, zombies i had ever seen the first time i saw fast zombies and i was like what do you like, do with a fast zombie like oh my god i have to say i don't subscribe to a general fast zombie rule like i think that the walking dead zombies are probably the most realistic because as they decompose they become slower yeah so but okay counter to your scariest zombies all right resident evil yeah so they always have a fondness in my heart because me and my sisters would go see these movies and we would go see them late and nobody else would be there and we would do like the whole um what was the show it was like on sci-fi and like they would show like a bad science fiction movie and there would be like these silhouettes of aliens in the beginning they'd make fun of it I'm yeah, so yeah. Embarrassed. I don't remember what. This yeah, is yeah. Called. I'm blanking out. I grew they up on it. They still do that, and by then the way. They, you just have to sync it with their YouTube. Well, thing. they uh, they redid it, but it came out like way back in the day, and then yeah. now they redid it. It's um something something mystery science theater. Yes. Yes. And that's that was our whole situation. So we loved to hate these movies, but we <laughs> we loved them. But we love to like make fun of them, and you have to know like one of my sisters is very dry, and very like. That could never happen. And I'm like, you think? <laughs> really? Um, but you you really like those movies, huh? I genuinely do. Yeah. And, like, I see them for what they are. Well, They're it's okay. super campy and over the top. I love campy. I love them. I love the whole Umbrella Corporation thing. I love the badass ladies that are at the center of it. I love, love, love their creepy-ass monsters. Yeah. Oh, man. They have the best monsters 
will never forget, like, when I, because Resident Evil's been around forever, right? The video game. Oh. I mean, it's been around. Decades. I remember going to, like, the grocery store with my grandma at, like, I don't know, like, Super Walmart or something. And they had the Resident Evil, like, pay-to-play game. And that was the best. They had Resident Evil, and then there was another one. It was, like, House of the Dead or something. But the Resident Evil one was always better. And that's, like, it was, I don't know, it was like, 13. So they've been around a long time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I remember being introduced to the movies as a starting point. It might have been late 90s. Yeah. Um, either that or maybe early 1000s, but I think it was late 90s. And, like, the video games had been around for ages already yeah. at that point. You know, since we're talking about, like, the speed of zombies, the book series I was talking about earlier, this stuck in my head. Like, she did several things that really stuck in my head that I had never thought of before. And... She explained why zombies could be fast or slow. And it's because in her world, they are because of a virus. And if a zombie is a maid, and they're not called zombies, but that's what they are. I think they're, like, called the unconsecrated in the first book because it's this weird (laughs) nun vibe. And then later, they're called something else. But, so it's a virus. And if the virus is spreading and there's plenty of zombies around, it'll be a normal slow zombie because it doesn't have to mutate. But because viruses mutate... If a zombie makes another zombie and there's nothing else around, it will be a fast zombie. And they don't last as long because, like you said, they, like, they'll, like, burn themselves out. Because, Mm. I mean, you don't have blood flowing to those muscles. Like, they're going to tear and they're not going to work anymore. Uh, But it'll run and, like, bite as many people as it can. And it's, like, way scarier than the slow zombies. Because you don't have to be fast with a slow zombie. You just have to be faster. And the thing is, they don't get tired. So you have to plan. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to my English major brain, but that sounds like science. (laughs) Sounds like science to me, too. Yeah. Okay. One more I want to make sure we talk about. Okay. Fear Street. I want, okay, so Fear Street. I haven't seen the movies yet, but when I was a teenager, and even before I was a teenager, when I was, like, young, um, and there was, like, YA books, but they weren't called YA books. Yeah, we're just books, and you were a teenager, and you were supposed to find them. Like, it was so different than it is now. The series, Fear Street, was, like, my OG favorite horror series ever. Like, I read all of those books. Man. Um, And so, I'm really excited to watch these movies. I just haven't had the opportunity yet. But I have Googled them to death. So you will not spoil them. Okay. So say whatever you want to say. You're going to love them. Okay. And yeah, if people don't want spoilers, I mean, I'm going to start big picture, but we might get into some nitty gritty. We're definitely going to get into nitty gritty because okay. I want to know. It's really a lot of fun. It keeps all of the stuff that you want from a horror film in terms of like the spookiness and the slasher violence and all of that. Right. But it breaks a lot of the really problematic tropes and fixes them. Oh, good. So shit about... Like sexuality choices, or um, how like the like the homosexual character always dies right at the beginning. All of that sort of shit, right out the window. They just like take it head on and like subvert it. And so you can feel these are horror films. You can feel good about supporting. Okay, um, that's that's <laughs> what I need in my life. And I uh, and then on top of that, it's got that really fun like childhood retro vibe because. Mm. Like, I never read the R.L. Stein books as a kid. Okay. I was not allowed to watch anything scary. 
I'll or see. get my hands on anything scary. It'll be sneaky. And then also I was a little bit of a chicken okay. because I'd never been exposed to it, so I just was a chicken. <laughs> <laughs> but I, uh, but yeah, so it was never quite my thing, but like I remember being like, surrounded by them, by my friends and right. everything. Definitely always knew who R.L. Stein was. And I feel like these, I don't know if they capture the literal plots, but they definitely capture the spirit very well. Probably the mood. Yeah. You know? And it's really fun. It's very modern. But then, like, they just created this huge universe of potential stories they could be telling. That's awesome. So between the three movies, each one tells a cohesive arc. Definitely watch them in order. Okay. Because then, in addition to each one having its own cohesive arc, they together tell a bigger arc. So it starts in... Oh, that's like the Fear Street book. It's okay. modern-ish, but it might also be the 90s. I kind of get 90s vibes from it. Okay. Um, but with like this like relatable here-today cast. Okay. But then they start to dig deeper into what's going on, which, by the way, the way that the zombies start to come into this mm-hmm. is because this town, this this poor side of this town, shady side, uh. sunny side and shady side. Yeah. Um, I have to say, that is a very R.L. Stein thing, too. So that's, like, perfect. Okay, It's classic. Uh, So, yeah, so Shadyside has always felt like they're cursed. In every, like, 13 years or so, there's no exact number to it, another, like, serial killer comes out of the blue. Someone just loses their mind and starts killing everyone around them in some terrible, like, super legendary sort of way. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So... Yeah, so, like, the one at the start of this movie is, like, a splasher thing where he goes around with a knife. Okay. Okay, so you have this premise, and then someone else starts to do it, and, like, the main cast has to go through this whole, like, slasher, like, very classic scream sort of scenario. Right. It's really good. Um, so then, but, like, they reference all these other ones that happened over time, and you get all these very short little video clips of it. Oh, okay. And so there's all of these legendary killers of Shadyside from throughout its history back to colonial times. Nobody should live there. there's, like, this kid with a bat. Well, that's part of it, right? It's like the town is cursed. You can't leave Shadyside. Okay. And nothing good ever happens in Shadyside. So, like, there's this one, like, this kid with a mask and a bat. There's this guy with a hook, and he gouges out your eyes. There's this one girl who tried to kill herself, but then, like, it didn't work, so she killed everyone else. Like, there's so many different things. Right. And so, like, they're trying to find this common thread. Like, they're trying to understand why their town is cursed like this. Right. It all comes back to a witch. Of course it does. And is there a haunted house? Because in the books, there's 666 Fear Street. Ooh. Yeah. I don't remember there being a haunted house. Okay. But, um... But, like, they're all interconnected is the point. And so mm-hmm. you kind of go back to crucial points in time okay. where different people discovered crucial things about what is going on. Gotcha. Related to the switch. Okay. And so they undo all of the tropes, including the witch. Okay. It's so freaking good. And, like, there's whole, like, un- there's, like, this underground like thing going on with these tunnels and caves underneath the town okay at one point there's a whole like teenagers at camp thing in the 80s oh i love it that 
that's movie two. Okay. It's really well done. So many really creepy things happen. And it's three movies? It's three movies. Okay. And they're on Netflix. They're all on Netflix. Fear Street. If you're looking for something really good in like... Wait, so... Subverting the tropes type of a thing. Like, ah. Zombies. Does it tie to zombies or this was our tangent? Oh, so, yeah. so okay. the zombies. Okay. That's right. Thank you. No, no problem. I got so into Fear Street. No, me too. I'm okay. like but way what, feeling so this. So the thing with the zombies okay. is that this witch cast. Okay. So there's a spell cast on the town where. How to even explain this? The long and short of it is because of the curse that has been put on this town and because of what these kids are meddling in. Those meddling kids. All of, yes. (laughs) All of the previous killers throughout history are summoned back to life. Oh. To attack these kids because of what they possess. Like, they are in possession of magical items. Gotcha. That will, if they handle them right, undo the curse. Hmm. But in the meantime, they just have these magical items on them. And so, all of the previous killers have been summoned back to life to attack them. Okay. And so they are zombie serial killers. Well, that's the worst kind of zombie. And they are out, <laughs> like, they're smelling their blood. So are they still, like, are they, like, zombie zombies? Or are they, like, the undead version, they still are, like, their serial killer brain. Like, they're swinging the bat and slashing with the hook. and Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, okay. they're themselves, but zombified. Okay. Like, they're clearly not the person they were in life. Mm-hmm. And they are dead corpses, brought back. Okay. Determined to kill. Huh. Okay, and this is in the third, this is in the final movie? The third movie? It's a little bit more blended than that, I think, but... Like, no, that it makes it better. hardcore in the third movie. Okay. And they really lean How did it. I not know about this? So, okay, just so you know, I was the kid... My parents finally gave up. At first, they were like... You don't need to read Goosebumps. And I was like, okay, I'm still going to buy them at the Scholastic Book Fair and read them, but whatever. Mm-hmm. And I always had Goosebumps. And then they were like, okay, you can read Goosebumps, but you have to read these other books too. And I was like, okay, fine. And then I would just hide the Goosebumps in the other book and read the Goosebumps. <laughs> and so naturally, by the time I got to Fear Street, they just were like, whatever. <laughs> whatever. And like, it's, it's too late for you now. Yeah. And my parents were very strict about movies, um, even though my dad had a video store. My, they were very strict people, but they clearly were just throwing in the towel. Neither one of them really liked scary stuff too much. Um, I've probably read all of the Fear Street books. Like, honestly, I would love now, this is how into it I was, and it's such a nostalgia thing for me. If my husband for Christmas were to get all the Fear Street books used somewhere at a bookstore and give them to me that would be like the best gift that and babysitter's club i would be here for it um i hope he's listening yeah well i've outright told him before <laughs> you should buy me these books and then like the christopher pike books because they were like fear street but they were like edgier because people were like making out and i was like 11 <laughs> so i was like <gasps> he touched her boob <laughs> like it was like i was oh, like yeah. this is adult so i saw these movies and for some reason in my head like you referenced scream I, I just filed it away. I was like, oh, they took Fear Street and turned it into, like, Scream. Eh, okay. But hearing you talk about it and how it's blended and it's blended timelines and, like, bringing it back to zombies, I'm actually really, really excited to watch this. 
So that makes me extremely happy as, you know, a fan from like 1996 or whatever. So I cannot wait for this. Like as soon as I get home, I'm watching these movies. I'm going to make my 16-year-old watch them. And he's going to be like, Mom, God. But I'm going to make him. I made him watch Scream and he was like, this is the dumbest movie I've ever seen. And I was like, well, I know, but it's still good. Don't you get it? The call's coming from inside the house. Listen. That's a pretty good use of Drew Barrymore. I'm just going to say. That's a pretty good use of Drew Barrymore. It is not as good as Santa Clarita Diet. Santa Clarita Diet. So while we were preparing for this episode, I have a few more things. I'm not going to like get into too much, but I had like an old favorite with Zombieland. Everybody mm-hmm. loves Zombieland. Nobody mm-hmm. dislikes Zombieland. Have you seen the second? I was going to say worst sequel I have on my <laughs> list is Zombieland Double Tap. I haven't seen it yet. Uh, we'll probably watch it at some point. I mean... Maybe if you, like, turned it into, like, a drinking game. Okay. I would say worst use of Emma Stone or worst use of mm. Woody Harrelson. If we're talking about best use and worst Ooh, use. Oh, dark. Yeah, like, it's... Plus, like, they already killed Bill Murray, so, like, what's left? Right. That was, like, one of the best freaking parts of that movie. <laughs> I was like, what? And then they shot him. <laughs> I was like, it was so good. Zombieland 2 tries to have too much. Like, mm. it just doesn't have that spark. I was really excited for it, but they didn't need it, you know? Like, it, really so it was my least favorite zombie sequel, and that's saying something. My least favorite zombie movie I've seen, besides Zombieland Double Tap, just my regular least favorite that I was super hyped to see would be The Dead, uh, Dead Don't Die. Mm-hmm. I came for Adam Driver. I stayed for Bill Murray and Steve Buscemi. I left underwhelmed. I was like, <laughs> really? This is how we're going to use these people? Because... Wow. Maybe that I need to. to go wrong. I, yeah, I know. Like, it should work. It works on paper. But honestly, I was watching it with somebody that wasn't into it. So maybe I need to rewatch it. My sister loves it. But she's the one that did the zombie photo shoot. She's like hard. You think we like zombies. She is hardcore for zombies. So, but yeah, it has a lot. Those aren't even all of the big names in that movie. But it could have turned into, like, this gumbo of movie stars to where it ends up just being a mess. I'm not sure. I don't... Like Suicide Squad. I'm not sure what happened there. But it just wasn't... It was boring. The zombie movie was boring. Oh, Unless I... How do you do that? But I was also, again, wasn't paying super close attention. But usually in zombie movies, you don't have to. <laughs> so maybe I should give it a true, like, ADHD, nothing else going on, mm-hmm. watching the movie watch. So if you love it... I'm sorry, I did not. I gotta say, you kind of piqued my interest, despite your lack of endorsement. Like, I mean, it's got Adam awesome. Driver, and he's not that cute. But you should still watch it. Okay. Um, movies. I know. I'll watch anything with Steve Buscemi <laughs> in it. Like, oh my god, he is the best. Yeah. Um, movies I discovered and haven't watched and don't want to watch. Zombievers. <laughs> I'm not. Please tell me more. I I don't know what else to tell you. <laughs> Netflix, uh, look, I will give you a quick synopsis of Zombievers. I think I remember, uh, it's got bikini girls. It's got a guy in a fedora with a shotgun. College friends find their weekend of sex and debauchery ruined when deadly zombie beavers swarm their riverside cabin. Beavers. Yeah. Beavers, huh? Double entendre? Double entendre? Yeah. Double on the tundra? I don't know. Yeah. Um, movies... I haven't seen but want to see while okay. researching for this episode is like this more. another 
not scary one because and I this if you just saw this list you would think I don't like scary zombie movies. I love scary zombie movies, but I am here for a dark comedy full stop any time of the day. Like that is my love language. If you make me laugh at something that I in a non problematic way feel bad laughing at. So like a zombie eating somebody is funny, like I'll be your best friend forever. So cooties. Cooties stars Elijah Wood. And oh Rain, it says Rain Wilson. Is that the dude from The Office? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. They, uh, they're school teachers, and their school comes under attack. That's already scary. From children who have turned into vicious monsters by contaminated chicken nuggets. <laughs> so, I just think of my now 13-year-old when he was 11. He would say, don't do drugs, give hugs, and eat chicken nuggets. And except it got turned into a movie, and I'm here for it. And, like... I really like wow. that because instead of, like, protecting the kids, um, it comes full circle for me. Like, my first one was about protecting the kids from the zombies. And Aww. this one, the kids are the zombies. Don't mess with your lunch ladies. Yeah. And that's all I got. You into zombies. That's my entire list. All right. Well, that sounds like as good a, a place to stop as any. Might as well, because we could probably keep going forever. It's a deep, deep hole. Uh, and there's lots of others that I already can think of that we have not even had chance to mention here. So please keep this conversation going. Drop it in the comments. Tag us on social media. Tell us your favorite zombies. Yeah, so when I was looking into things, there's been a lot of really good new things come out. Also... Everything I just to like, I know, me too. <laughs> like, but you, you find your favorites and you stick with them. It's comfortable. I do. I watch them every year. So, I did want to circle back around when I said earlier, oh, we're reviving Fantasy Girls. Fantasy Girls is going nowhere. But we have so many fun things coming up. So, stay yeah. tuned. Follow our social media for more. <laughs> This is Emma, and that's EJ for Typo Productions. You know we love science fiction and fantasy from Fantasy Girls. But we also love horror. And romance. And thrillers. And all sorts of other genre fiction. So we've got something brand new coming soon to expand into the other facets of genre fiction. Follow us to stay up to date as we share more.